I think I'm going to go ahead and jump into my message today, the prelims, get the prelims out the way, praise God, and uh, how many are ready for the Word of God today? How many of you love the Word of God? So, um, I, I understand you guys have been in a uh, series, uh, Pastor Mike has been talking about together, I believe that's the Word of the Year, together. And so I want to just kind of uh, continue in that vein, I believe, on today, and I believe this will be a blessing. Uh, John chapter 15, I want to uh, open up with. Uh, some of you guys still bring your Bibles and carry Bibles. You still, you know, nobody still carries the leather Bibles? The, yeah, all right, come on, y'all some old school troopers. Yeah, carry the leather backs. That's it right there, praise God. I haven't used one of those in so long. But uh, probably need to break it back out. John chapter 15, uh, verse 3. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for each and every individual under the sound of my voice today. I pray, Father, that uh, your word will find good ground and bring forth a good harvest. I decrease, you increase. Think through my mind, speak through my mouth as I minister the word of God. You'll get the glory in Jesus' name. All who agree, say amen. amen. Now, you know I like y'all to say amen, right? You know I like y'all to talk back a little bit, right? This is an equal opportunity church. That means I'm not the only one talking. That means everybody gets to talk this morning. John chapter 15, verse 3, it says, uh, You have already been uh, prepared to produce more fruit. Wow. By the teaching. I'm reading this out of what's called the easy read version. Let me say that again. You have already been prepared to produce more fruit by the teaching I have given you. He says, stay joined to me and I will stay joined to you. No branch can produce fruit alone. It must stay connected. Everybody say, stay connected. Come on, I'm overwhelmed with your enthusiasm. Everybody say, stay connected. Okay, stay connected to the vine. It is the same with you. You cannot produce fruit alone. You must stay joined to me. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay joined to me and I to you, you will produce, he says, plenty of fruit. Wow. But separated from me, you won't be able to do anything. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but that's certainly my testimony. I won't be able to do anything separated from God. I don't even know where I'd be today if it weren't for the Lord who was on my side. Because anybody else testify to that being your truth today? <clears throat> I like what he says here. He says, it must stay connected, talking about the branch to the vine. I want to talk to you this morning. I'm calling this how to stay connected or really staying connected, staying connected. I believe this is very important uh, for us in the body of Christ because we live in a generation that's so transient, you know, that, you know, we just jump from one job to the next. We go from one business idea to the next. We go from one relationship to the next, we jump from church to church. And so we just don't really know this, what I'm thinking as an old school concept of really staying connected. I like the word for the year, together. 
I think, you know, they say that a geese uh, can fly 50 miles further in a pack than they could if they was just one of them alone. There's just something that we do in a powerful way when we are together. And so I want to talk about staying connected. I want to keep your uninvited attention this morning for a few moments because I believe I'll share some things that will resonate with you and that will be a blessing to you. Can everybody say staying connected? connected. All right, I want to show you something here. I got these two roses, and I hope you can see them from all over the sanctuary. Uh, Can you see them? Pretty pretty good. See them? Uh, can, Can you point out which one of these roses are dead? Come on, the one on my right. How many would agree with that? The one on my right is dead. And wrong. They're both dead. One of them just doesn't know it yet. And the reason they're both dead is because they're both disconnected. Are you hearing me? I said, the reason that they're both dead is because they're both disconnected. The difference is a matter of timing. I mean, sometimes we look alive. Sometimes we may look better than the next person. But when you're disconnected, it's only a matter of time that you start reflecting the reality of your real condition. And so, you know, the cross of Christ is a symbol of connection. The vertical board represents our connection to God, while the horizontal board represents our connection to one another. And let me say this clearly. You cannot be really connected to God if you're disconnected from people. Together. Staying connected. And so I want to give you a few thoughts today that I believe will be a blessing to you. A few things that will help us stay together or stay connected. The first one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You have to recognize it. You have to recognize it. Recognize it. Recognize what? Recognize the connection. Jesus said, separated from me, you will be able to do nothing. He's saying when it comes to the benefits of a connection, the first thing you have to do is recognize it. Uh, There was a man in the Old Testament by the name of Laban, If you guys remember, he had two daughters by the name of Rachel and Leah, and Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. And Jacob said, man, she's beautiful. I want her. And so Laban said, work for me for seven years, and I'll give her to you. And so Jacob worked for Laban for seven years. At the end of the seven years, he didn't give her Jacob, Jacob, uh, uh, Rachel to Jacob. So then he said, give me seven more years. And so Jacob worked seven more years. And finally, he ended up getting Rachel. But before he did, you know, he got tired. He's like, man, why you keep pulling a wool over me? He said, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And here's what Laban said to him that I find so interesting. He said, please don't leave. He said, because I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for thy sake. 
In other words, he said, I'm blessed. I recognize it. It's a connection that I have. The Bible says, uh, let uh, the word be established by one, two, or three witnesses. So let's look at Ruth and Naomi. Y'all remember that Naomi told Ruth, she said, listen, I have no more sons to give you in marriage. Why don't you go back to your people? And Ruth said, no, 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 no. She said, I will not leave thee. She said, wherever you go, that's where I'm going to go. She said, wherever you lodge, that's where I'm going to lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever they bury you, that's where they're going to bury me. In other words, she recognized that my life is blessed because of a connection. She recognized it. Remember when Jesus was walking with the disciples one day, and Jesus got a little bit deeper in his message. He said, if you're going to have a connection with me, if you're going to walk with me, then here we're coming up on a time where you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And the disciples said, whoa, man, that's a hard saying. Who can do that? And the Bible says from that day, many of them left him. They walked with him no more. And Jesus turned to Peter and he said, will you go also? And listen how Peter responded. He said, where would we go? Man, I don't know about you, but that's the same thought I have. Where would I go? Would I go back to the club? Would I go back to the bar? Would I go back to the casino? Would I go back to a lust-filled life? Would I go back to what you pulled me out of? Peter said, where would we go? Seeing that you hold the words to eternal life. In other words, Peter too, like, like Laban, Peter, like uh, Ruth, recognized I'm blessed because of this connection. What am I saying? I'm saying you have to recognize it. The danger in disconnecting from Christ, listen to this church, the danger in disconnecting from your church, the danger in disconnecting from your pastors, I said it, the danger in it is that the symptoms don't show up immediately. You remember one day Jesus is with the disciples and he comes up on a fig tree and he's hungry and the figs wasn't producing any fruit. The Bible says he cursed it at the root. In other words, he disconnected it. And guess what? It didn't die right then. They couldn't tell any difference. It wasn't until a few days later that they walked back by and they saw it looking like this. Because initially the symptoms don't show up. It is a slow death. Wow, this, if we could get this, if we could really understand this. Because many people don't come back and testify to what their life looked like when they disconnected from something that was giving life. Did y'all hear what I just said? In other words, you know, it, it, sometimes life looks good when we disconnect. Sometimes it smells good when we disconnect. Sometimes it might even feel good when we initially disconnect. But after a while, we start withering because we didn't recognize that life was coming from a connection. And so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying if you're going to stay together, if you're going to stay connected, then you have to recognize it. You have to recognize that this is a blessed place. You have to recognize that I have blessed pastors. I have to recognize if it had not been for the Lord, come on, 
I'm going to stay connected. The second one I want you to write down is rooted in. Rooted in. What I, you have to be rooted in the connection. You have to recognize it, and then you got to get rooted in it. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 3, it says, you can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. Wow. In order to stay connected, you must remain rooted in Christ. In order to stay connected, you must remain rooted in the Word of God. In order to stay connected, you must remain rooted in serving and volunteering. In order to stay connected, you must stay rooted in tithing and giving and generosity. In order to stay connected, you must remain rooted and grounded in love. You must remain rooted in right relationships. In order to stay connected, you must remain rooted in God's house. Psalm 92, verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Wow. He said those that be what? Planted in the house of the Lord. How many of you are planted in God's house? He said, those that be planted in the house of the Lord, and I like the reference because he references us as trees. He's like the trees of Lebanon. I don't know what, the, I've never been to Lebanon, so I don't know. But when I start thinking about trees, I start thinking about, you know, some of the strong trees that I've seen like down in Florida, the palm trees. You know, the palm trees are these big, huge trees, and they're with able, able to withstand, you know, Hurricane uh, 5, you know, uh, on the Richter scale, Hurricane, the winds that come through, they will cause buildings to collapse, they will cause homes to be wiped away, cars to be thrown all over the place. But that tree will still be standing strong when it's all said and done. And the reason is because its roots system has developed and has grown and has laid hold of a foundation. So no matter the winds, no matter the storm, no matter the rains, when it's all said and done, it will survive and it will still stand up and thrive again one day because of a root system. Hmm. Let's just say you planted a tree in front of your house maybe a new tree, a six-foot, seven-foot tree, and you planted it in front of your house, and you went to work, and when you came home from work that evening, you were about to go in the house, and the tree was like, <laughs> let me talk to you for a minute. You probably didn't know this, but there's a beaming hot sun that just lays on me all day long. While you're at work in an air-conditioned building, I'm out here under this hot sun scorching all day long. Do you think you could uproot me and maybe plant me on the side of the house? And so you uproot the tree and you plant it on the side of the house and then you go to work the next morning. When you get home from work, you're about to go in the house and the tree says, you probably didn't know this, 
but there's a strong wind that comes through every afternoon between these houses, and it just blows my branches, and it doesn't feel good, and I'm chilled. Do you think you can uproot me and maybe plant me in the back of the house? And so you uproot the tree, and you put it in the back of the house. How many of you know you're not helping the tree? You're actually hurting the tree. Are you following me right now? Do you know why you're hurting the tree? Because, listen to this, if you run when life gets rough, you rob yourself of the resilience that you developed by staying rooted. Let me say that again. If you run when life gets rough, and how many of you know life has a tendency to get rough sometimes? When you run, when life gets rough, you rob yourself of the resiliency that is developed on the inside of you by simply staying rooted. So if you run when life gets rough in business, mm -mm, don't do that. Stay rooted. Don't run when life gets rough in parenting. Stay rooted. Don't run when life gets rough in marriage. Come on, I've been married almost 30 years this year. You know why? I've stayed rooted. And over the years, life has gotten rough. Come on, if life gets rough in ministry, don't run. Stay rooted. It is interesting to me, uh, the story of the prodigal son, how we have always put more emphasis and more uh, uh, um, meaning on the son who returned versus the one who stayed rooted. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time you hear about that story, it's always about the one who returned. But there's another son in the story who never left. He stayed rooted. And I believe, I think we ought to take a moment and celebrate all of the prodigals who return. Thank God for all of the sons and all of the daughters who come back home. I think we ought to celebrate them. But doggone it, we also ought to celebrate like the juniors and the Reginas who have stayed rooted. Yeah, we ought to celebrate the Millers. Come on, we ought to celebrate some of the other Hinklings and some of the, uh, the Eliases who have stayed rooted, praise God. In other words, I believe there is a reward to those who return, but there is also a reward to those who have stayed rooted. There is a reward to those who return. You get shoes on your feet. You get a ring on your finger. You get a robe on your back. You get to kill the fatted calf. But I believe there's a greater reward to those who have stayed rooted. Because the father said to that son, he said, because you are forever with me, you have never left me. He said, all that is mine is thine. There's a great reward for those who stay rooted. I'm talking about how do we stay together? How do we stay connected? We first have to recognize it, and then we have to be rooted in it. And here's the third one I want you to write down if you're taking notes. You have to be receptive to it. Wow. You have to be receptive to it. Psalm 92, verse 12. I'm sorry, Matthew 13, verse 12. It says, for whoever has spiritual wisdom, 
because he is receptive to God's word. Wow. He says you'll have spiritual wisdom when you remain receptive to God's word. And so you have to stay receptive to the word of God. I call it in my church keeping, having a teachable spirit. Uh, no matter, you know, how much knowledge you get, how spiritual you get, just don't get too big for your britches. Come and look at the person next to you and say, don't get too big for your britches. Just tell them, don't get too big for your britches. You have to stay receptive to God's love. Wow. How many of you know that you can go through things in life and life can drag you through the mud, man, and all of a sudden you look up and you feel guilt, you feel shame, and you no longer can receive the love of God. You have to stay receptive to God's love. Because no matter what you do, you cannot stop God from pouring out his love on your life. You have to stay receptive to change. You have to stay receptive to your pastor's teachings. You have to stay receptive to constructive criticisms and, you know, uh, feedback, right? Because the moment you lose receptivity, you lose connectivity. Like, like, like this phone right now is receptive to the signals that are being sent over the airwaves, right? That's what gives me a connection. You ever been driving? I know I have. You've been driving, you know, through the mountains, or you've been driving, or you go through a tunnel, or maybe you're in the office and you know you have to avoid certain places because you hit what's called dead spots. You, you, you know what I'm talking about? You know, a dead spot is it's really just when something comes between, something gets in the middle of, that interferes with a signal that is being sent. God is always sending signals to your life. But you have to make sure you stay out of the dead spots. I've learned this because, you know, this is what happens to teenagers. In other words, when your child is seven years old, when Jeremiah was eight years old, nine years old, you have a connection. They're very connected to their parents. You know, you can do no wrong. You know everything. You're Superman. You have all the wisdom and knowledge and information. You know, they'll be at school with another kid about to fight over whose dad is the best. They want to go with you everywhere. They go to the store. They want to go to the game. They want to play football. Y'all very connected. The reason why is because they receive everything that is coming from you. But then when they get about 16, somebody say, now nah, about 13, <laughs> about 17, then it seems like there's a wedge in the connection. And sometimes that's because they've met some other people, some other friends who have come and gotten in the middle or gotten in between where the receptivity, they've lost some receptivity. Now you don't know as much as you used to know because they're receiving a download from somewhere. They own somebody else's Wi-Fi. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so you've lost, yeah, you've lost connectivity because they've lost receptivity. All right. I've seen it happen with singles, especially single women in our church. 
We have single women in our church. They'll come. They love God. They love the church. They love Pastor Tracy and I. They're extremely connected. They're serving. And then they may get involved with some guy who's really not good for them. He doesn't love God. He doesn't love the church. He doesn't know anything about the church. But he'll get in between her and her pastors. And now what she would want, she was receiving. She was, she was, you know, sucking it up. She was growing. She was maturing. And now she's kind of like not really hearing us. We not really all that anymore because she's allowed something to come in between. She's allowed something to get in the middle of the reception. And as a result, she loses connection. I've seen it happen in marriages. I wish I had time, but I don't to go down that road. I've seen it happen in ministry. It always befuddles me how you can have two people sitting on the same row. One of them is sitting on the edge of their seat, just sucking up everything that I'm saying, every drop of the message. They're loving it. They're receiving it. They're connecting with it. It's resonating with them. And then the person sitting right next to them is like they have no bars. They have no bars. Like, I'm not getting any reception. They have no 5G. They have no Wi-Fi. They, they, they're like on 1G, right? It's like they're not receiving. They're totally disconnected. And so your receptivity to has everything to do with you staying connected. Yeah, don't ever let life, to, because the enemy, the devil, you know what he wants to do? He wants to position you and posture you in dead spots. And you have to learn how to turn a dead spot into a hot spot in your life to make sure that you keep receiving. Yeah. To make sure you keep receiving what God wants you to Receive. So if you're going to stay connected to God, you must stay receptive to God. If you're going to stay connected to your church, if you're going to stay connected to your pastors, then you must stay receptive to them. And there are going to be times, there are going to be seasons in your walk, in your life, where something tries to get in between you and those blessed connections. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to get in between you and those blessed connections. Remember God, he goes to Adam and he talks to Adam and he says, Adam, man, I've created you. Do you know why God created Adam and Eve? Maybe you never thought about it. But there's one reason and one reason only that God created Adam and Eve and that he created the human race. It's because God wanted a family. And so God created Av. He said, I wanted a family. I want us to walk. I want us to walk through the garden in the cool of the day and just kick it and talk. And you can talk to me and I'll talk to you and I'll give you downloads and you can share with me how your day is going. I want us to communicate and fellowship and have a connection. And he said, matter of fact, you can have free reign to all of the garden. Love it. Live it as it in paradise. He said, but there's one tree particularly in the midst of the garden. I don't want you to go eat from the tree. Yep. All right. He's got a connection with God. Satan slithers into the garden, gets between Eve and Adam, speaks to Eve. Now he's in between the two. Adam's losing a little bit of receptivity now because he's allowed something to come between the two of them. And so now they become somewhat disconnected. 
because she now influences and impacts her husband. You know, pillow talk is, a, is something. And, and so now he's allowed Eve to come in between his relationship with God. His woman, the one who's closest to him, she comes now, she gets in between, and now he starts losing receptivity with God. And now he's losing a connection. We know he's losing a connection because when God comes down, he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you, man? In other words, it was for him to do some self-inventory on where he was. He so much lost the connection that God put both of them out of the garden. He disconnected them from the garden, put a flaming sword, said, y'all can't even get back in. You see the danger in it? It doesn't necessarily happen initially. Because he told them, the day that you eat of the tree, you will surely die. They didn't die that day. It's a slow death. And when you're disconnected, initially everything looks wonderful. Initially everything looks good. But it's a matter of time that you start withering because you've lost receptivity to a connection. Y'all get that? I said you have to recognize it. You have to be rooted in it. You have to be receptive to it. Let me give you one more. You have to reach out. Wow, this is good. You have to reach out. Real quick, this is a story about um, Old Testament, Sodom. Lot goes down to Sodom. Remember him and Abraham part ways, and, 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 and Abraham went one direction. The Bible says Lot pitched his tent in Sodom, and Sodom was just wild, man. It was off the chart. It was off the hook. It was, it was just, it was evil. It was wicked. And, and so God was going to send judgment against, Sol- against Sodom, and he sends these two angels, and they come in the form of men. Okay, And he sends them to Lot's house. So Lot takes these two angels into the house, these two men into the house who are really there to pass judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And the men of the city, they're so wicked, they hear about these men that Lot has in his house, and they want to go to Lot's house and take the men and defile them. Okay, Use your imagination. That's what the Bible says. I want to pick up reading here. Genesis chapter 19, verse 9, he says, get out of our way. This is what they replied to to Lot. This fellow came here as a foreigner, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them, talking about what they want to do to the men. He said, they kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved toward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Wow. Talking about staying connected. They reached out, and they pulled Lot back into the house. Sometimes, here's what I wrote in my notes, sometimes people become disconnected because no one reached out. It said the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Lot could have easily, easily been pulled back into sin. Lot could have easily just slipped off into Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot could have easily been tempted to just, you know, live a life of self-abasement. Could have easily fell over into a life of sorrow and shame. But thank God there were men inside who reached out and pulled him back into the house. Maybe there's a teenager sitting here right now and you felt pressure to rebel against your parents and run away from home. But thank God 
someone reached out and pulled you back into the house. Maybe there's a father here who was feeling the pressure to run away from his responsibilities of raising his children. But thank God someone reached out and pulled you back into the house. Maybe there was a husband here sitting right now in the sound of my voice who has been tempted to walk out on your wife. But thank God someone reached out and pulled you back into the house. Maybe there's a wife here who was contemplating getting a divorce and leaving her husband, but thank God someone reached out and pulled you back into the house. Maybe there's a church member here who was ready to leave mad, to leave angry, to leave hurt, to leave offended, ready to leave under a false narrative, but you ought to be glad that somebody reached out and pulled you back into God's house. How many of you know that God's house is a house of prayer? Come on, Jesus said, my house should be called the house of prayer. God's house is a house of peace. The Bible says, in this place, I will give peace. God's house is a house of provision. Come on, Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. God's house, here's the one I want to get to. God's house is a house of protection. Come on. It's a place of refuge. It's a strong tower where the righteous run into it and they are safe. Remember when the death angel came down into Egypt to smite all of the male children. God told the Israelites, he said, I want you to take the blood of a goat and I want you to strike it over the doorpost. He said, and when I see the blood, he said, I'll pass over you. This is a very, very interesting statement from God because many of us who are sitting in here this morning, we kind of know some of the things that we've escaped. We've seen some of the stuff that God has done. If I was to put a microphone in your hand, you could testify how he got you off drugs. You can testify how he delivered you from alcohol. You can testify how he freed you up from a spirit of anger. You can testify, but there's so much stuff that you don't know that passed over you. There's so much stuff that came against you, but because you were under the banner of the blood of Jesus, it had to pass over you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad I'm in God's house. Turn me up just a little bit. Turn me up just a little bit. I'm so glad I'm in God's house. I don't know about you. But let me say it again. I'm so glad that I'm in God's house. I reckon God's house to like an umbrella. Like an umbrella doesn't stop the rain from coming down. It just keeps you from getting wet. The Bible says Satan roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. If he has to seek who he can devour, that means he must not be able to just devour whoever he wants to. So the church is like an umbrella. It doesn't stop Satan from roaming around. It just keeps you from being the one being devoured. Yeah. I'm so grateful for God's house. And I'm saying stay in the house. I don't care how rough it gets. Stay in the house. Stay connected to that blessed place. I find it interesting because most people go looking for a church 
and they go looking for a church and they have a list of things that they say, oh, I want my church to have this, I want my church to have this, I want my church to have this. And then they put all these requirements on God. <laughs> and say, if the church don't have this, I don't want to be a part of that church. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that he has set us in the church as it has pleased him. So you may be in a church a certain season and you don't even really like it. And you may be feeling like, I ain't growing no more. The devil is a lie. I tell folk, don't ever come to me and say, I ain't growing no more. All the studying and meditating and praying I be doing. <laughs> but you're not here because it pleases you. You're here because it pleases him. And can I share something with you? Nothing that is alive, any and everything that is alive, needs something else to tend to it. So if this was planted as a tree, as a flower, or whatever in my garden, I have to tend to it. I know what it needs. It doesn't know what it needs. Weeds just start growing up all around it. And I have to go and de-weed it. And let me just say something to the Christian. Don't get wrapped up in the weeds. Some relationships are weeds. And all they are is sent from Satan to divide and conquer. That's always been his number one opera, his, his, his M.O is to separate the sheep from the fold. But when we stay together, when we stay connected, we're like the geese in a pack that can fly 50 miles further than if we tried to do it alone. Somebody ought to take a moment and put your hands together and thank God for Storyside Church. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place to clap. Yeah, that's a good place to clap. Wow. Wow. I want to just take a moment. Just remain standing for one moment. Just remain standing for one moment. I want to take a moment, and I want to just ask you to bow your heads. I want to just pray. I want you to bow your heads, bow your hearts. And I, I want to just ask... I just want to ask this very important question. Maybe there's someone in here today. Maybe there's someone in here who came. You were invited by a guest. Maybe this is your first time in StorySide. Maybe it's your second, your third, your fifth. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that your heart is connected to God. And if you're in here today and you say, you know what, I want my heart connected to God. Or I don't have a place that I can regularly go to. I don't have a home church. And I believe it's important to be connected to God's house. Listen, right where you are with your head bowed, your eyes closed. Everybody's head bowed. Everybody's eyes closed. And let's just pray for someone who may need to make a quality decision. If you're in here under the sound of my voice, you say, I don't know God. I want to know God. Or maybe you're like the prodigal son I talked about, the prodigal daughter who says, I grew up in church, but I've gotten away. I need to come back to God. 
I need to come back to his church. If that's you in here right now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, would you just lift your hand up? I want to pray for you. I see your hands. God bless you. I see your hands. I see those hands back there. I see your hands. God bless you. I want to just pray. God knows where you are. He knows exactly where you are. He brought you here today. He brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. I want to pray without a shadow of a doubt after my prayer that you know without a shadow of a doubt you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're a child of God in spite of what you've done, in spite of what you're doing. Smoking, drinking, watching pornography, none of those things can keep you from the love of God. None of it. Don't let the devil trick you. The only way to change it is to come to God. And when you come to God, he will empower you with his Holy Spirit to help you live a righteous life, a pure life, a clean life. But don't let those things keep you from God. That's just the attack of the enemy to make you think you're not worthy. You are worthy. Jesus know what he died for. He died for wickedness and sin. And that's a part of all of our lives until we connect to him. If you didn't raise your hand and you say, Pastor, you're talking to me. If you did not raise it, but you know you ought to, come on, lift it up. I want to see it. I want to see it. Because the Bible says, if you acknowledge me before me and God, Jesus said, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. Is there one more here that says, yes, Pastor, you're talking to me. Lift I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, for all of those uplifted hands, I pray, Father, that not only you touch their minds, but you touch their heart which will literally transform their lives. Let them know that you've always had your hand on their life. They're just coming into a season now where they recognize it, this blessed connection. So Father, turn their hearts toward you. Turn them against sin. That's what repentance is, is to turn away from sin and to turn toward you. I pray right now, Father, that the rest of their life will be the best of their life. The best is yet to come. I thank you for all of those who acknowledge you as their Lord and their Savior. I thank you, Father, that they're going to even make Storyside their home. Because you can't really be saved and really it's difficult to be a Christian without having a home. So I just pray right now, Father, that they're making those decisions and they're putting them in your hand. In Jesus' name I pray. Come on, let the whole church say amen. Come on, would you put your hands together one more time for Jesus? I'm sure all of you who made decisions for Christ, someone will come and they'll give you directions. Whatever your custom here is at StorySide, they'll give you some next steps on what they'd like you to do in order for you to get that connection. Because that's what's important. Life comes from a connection. Comes from a connection. Power comes from a connection. You don't believe me? Don't, don't charge your phone tonight. See what happens in the morning. All comes from a connection. Love you guys. God bless you. Jesus in the streets.